Here oh. we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I was turned all the way up there. Nice. Sorry if I just killed somebody's ear. <laughs> Sorry for the headphone listeners. <laughs> Boys. Or no. Gosh, I didn't even do the proper intro. My bad. Should we just start it over? Yeah, what? What's well, happening? No, it's happening. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. Throw people off. What is up, everybody? And welcome <laughs> back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon. I'm back. De- and we're definitely going to catch the breakdown on this beat intro. I like it. Boys, today... We're going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Paris. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what a main event and co-main event. Then we will get you guys our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC 279 as the Wolf Hamzat Shimaev takes on Ooh. Nate Diaz. So much to talk about with this fight. And finally, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. I told you we'd hit it. There it is. But first, boys... I need to get that, uh, what is it, from Step Brothers or whatever? The fire, we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Will Ferrell, we'll do it live. Oh, that, yeah. That's us, baby. We do it live. No cuts here, no edits. All the way through. But, boys, episode number 95. How we doing? How I we doing? Took out my headphones there. Exactly what you do. told him not to do as soon as we hit Well, mine door. started messing up. So, <laughs> this is just what, this we, is what we're doing today. We've had some, yeah, we've had some interesting, uh, we, we've never really been hit with too many technical difficulties, but kind Other of. Other the whole with, thing going out for. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that was kick gate. We don't know what yeah. happened there. Um, but, you know, it, we, uh, the mixer was on the road, it traveled. Yeah. And, you know, this setup is usually stationary, so it's always nervous. We, when we, yeah, we could be just dealing with some residuals from uh, from all of our stuff getting unplugged and moved around. And, and we're all here in person again. It's just yeah, might as well be episode one. Boys, we got to get to UFC Paris, but mm-hmm. before we do, Brandon rate subs follows. Let the people know what we need them to do each and every week. All right, guys, we need you to jump on whatever platform you use to listen to a Spotify, Apple, and give us some reviews. Specifically on Apple, you can write one in. We'll shout it out on the pod. Give us five stars. Boost our ratings. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and we just got a little stuff going on YouTube recently with some uh, Gaha Open Gaha footage. Open. So you can check that out on there. Yep. And um, hopefully you might get some stuff going there too. So check us out. Yeah, and real quick, um, just want to mention as well, I know we mentioned it last week, but the Heisem Rita interview mm-hmm. is up, episode 94. Um, make sure you go listen to that interview if you haven't. Um, just an awesome dude. You know, oh, we've yeah. said it enough. And, um, I mean, we're, we're coming up on ADCC here. You know, so he, he's got his his big matches coming up, and we're excited. But go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, really and, good interview. And, yeah, make sure you, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. Boys, are you ready for UFC? <laughs> what a main event. Uh, what a heavyweight fight. Let's right. just say mm-hmm. that. As Sadil Gan defeats Bam Bam Tai Tuivasa via third round knockout. I just cannot remember a heavyweight fight that we've seen in a while being that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first round actually was pretty even, pretty right. competitive. You know, I thought Ty seemed to have a good game plan um, that he was executing well, but in the same respect, I felt like Gone was, you could already see what he was going to do, which is kind of what everybody expected. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second round happens, and <sighs> Ty drops Gone at Puts the end of the round a with a big right hand. Yeah, Gone saying afterwards, I was out. The lights were out, mm-hmm. um, which is just crazy that he was able to come back because usually when Ty puts guys out 
it's over. Um, but Once he you dinks know, them, he sings them. Yeah, that's <laughs> and he that was his quote of the weekend for sure. Um, so Gon comes back, gets up, somehow survives it, lands just a nasty, nasty body kick. Real quick though, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember seeing Gon dropped ever before. Mm-hmm. And they marked that as the first time he was dropped, which is crazy. He did five rounds with Francis Ngannou, three with Lewis. So the fact that Ty sits him down just speaks to the Rose power and, and I skill. Mean, Rose and Strike. I mean, he has just fought some of the most dangerous strikers in the heavyweight division. That tells you how good Ty Tuivasa mm-hmm. is and the power that he carries. Um, but like I said, despite being dropped, you know, Gon gets up, immediately connects with just a nasty left uh, body kick, which instantly just folds Ty over. Throws like four more. Right yeah. <laughs> and you could tell after that round as they were heading to the stools that that was going to be the issue for Ty coming out into the third round. And then that's exactly what happened. I Ty's corner even saying in between rounds, he's going to teep your body and run away. And what did Surreal do? He teeped and he teeped. And the whole time, though, Ty was firing back. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot understate. Mm-hmm. He was continuously looking dangerous in that whole yeah. third round. Dude, at one point, Surreal connects with a just crazy left high head kick and, like, jolts Ty's whole body, and he, like, takes a couple steps backward and just uncorks a right hand that if it hit Surreal, fight over. And here's the thing. Did he fake that? It might have been some theatrics in it. I mean, he, as soon as he got within range, he, like, planted his feet. It wasn't like the Francis where, like, with the Stipe where he just kind of threw one or even Tuavasa and Hardy where, you know, he's kind of wobbling and he just throws a right. He planted through that thing real quick. There could have been some theatrics. Patrick's involved. I kind of wondered it too, watching it back, you know, but it's like either way it's impressive, right? Because right. either he was hit and like had enough to do that, or he just ate a left head kick and was like, oh, I'm going to act like that hurt me. He's that type of guy, <laughs> though, man. Uh, but nonetheless, the end of the third round there, Surreal connects with a big right hand and then finds the finishing combo to put Ty down. Your guys' thoughts on what was just, like I said, a fantastic main event and heavyweight fight. Yeah, I had a blast watching it. It was kind of funny for me because um, I watched it. I had a little date night with the wife and came back yeah. and watched it right after date. And so in the room was my mother-in-law, my wife, and my <laughs> sister-in-law. And I'm watching it with very low volume. They're just talking. Yeah. And I I had I started and it got to the, the, the second round, right, where Gone and got mm-hmm. dropped. Yeah. And I start just going nuts. Because oh, yeah. then he lands the head kick, and I'm like, oh! And then, yeah. I mean, the, the fight it's itself crazy. was just super fun to watch. Um, but I think it just is a testament to to gone just how good of a striker he is man i mean yeah. he can just he can just land with such accuracy and just get out of range and he got clipped obviously got dropped sure. but um yeah. man um it's a scary dude that can move like that man i was kind of hoping to see some some wrestling adjustments there but obviously no need for him but uh, no it was a great fight to watch man i thought it was fun too like the moments where um Gone landed a few teeps, and the ref kind of thought it might have been a low blow. And you see Gone kind of wave the finger, <laughs> yeah. no, no, and then uh, they kind of start smiling and pushing each other. I just thought that was really fun oh, to yeah. see, mm-hmm. so it was good to watch. It was awesome. Yeah, the sportsmanship was there. Um, yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for in a heavyweight Man, fight? They not hurt, hurt each other because even beyond when Ty hit him in the second and dropped him, there was another time within that where you know. Gon's coming back at him mm-hmm. and hurts him against the cage. Then boom, yeah. Ty hits him with another punch that kind of pushes Gon back, and he has to reset. Yeah. Um, and even toward the end there, it's like you can't get comfortable because when Ty gets hurt, it's kind of like that Chris Lieben thing. We've yeah. seen it where he can hurt people back. Um, also, I just want to talk about the crowd. The, the oh. Paris crowd was doing soccer chants, singing the national they sing anthem. the national anthem. And like, like in tune. <laughs> like, it's, it's so crazy that, like, you know, not even just in fighting um, – 
but in all sports, like, you know, I'm a soccer fan, even watching F1 today, like they're the guy that won the race was, they were in his home country and they're like sending flares off. And like, it's just like the national pride that other countries have when their people are competing and like doing well, it's just like unrivaled. Then on the it, flip side, it, you have and like Dominic Cruz getting booed in San Diego. Yeah. And like us in America, it's just like, we just don't, I mean, here's the thing proud to be an American, love living in the United States, but we just don't carry that same, like, national pride. Like, dude, imagine if, like, Colby's fighting Kamara Usman or something, and you just start hearing the crowd singing the national anthem. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But, like, that's literally what these people did. They yeah. sang the national anthem through the first round. It was yeah, crazy. they were into it, It man. was awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, – kind of what I said Ty needed to do. He started working some leg kicks early, but yeah. then Gon started checking him and moving out the way. Oh, um, one of those he checked was just filled yeah. mm. a couple of them. And then, yeah. you know, I said he probably needs to try to back him against the cage to limit that movement. He did end up, like you know what I said with Gon is, he's fought so many of these dangerous strikers, eventually one of them's going to get through, and Ty did. Mm. Obviously, he didn't get the finish, but that's what I was saying, that he kind of has to bet on himself, take some chances, almost had it, and then things kind of went for the way that Gon would need to win, which was use his distance, his jab, and then work to the body. I, yeah, and I just want to stop throughout all this, though, and just appreciate how good Surreal Gone is. Yeah. Um, this guy's only been fighting in MMA since 2018, and he reached the pinnacle of this sport in a very, very short amount of time. And sure, you know, maybe his lack of experience and fight IQ kind of cost him a little bit in that Nganu fight, but... I think last night is the best version, you know, we've seen of Surreal Gone. Um, he was in the moment. He was having fun in his home country. The crowd, you know, I'm sure played into it. But it's just like he couldn't miss, man. I thought his jab was looking good. Mm -hmm. You know, he seemed to have some extra pop in his kicks, I felt like. Um, and, and, and it could have been the benefits of just fighting in his home country, like, we, you know, like I just said. But... Uh, man, it just seemed like he put it all together. And like I said, you just can't undersell the fact that, or understate the fact that this guy's only been fighting mm -hmm. since 2018. Yeah, it was like, definitely his night. Crazy. I don't know if anybody beats him last night. It's crazy. He was smiling the whole time. Even getting, after he got dropped, he was smiling. Mm, <laughs> like, right. You know, it just, he seemed loose. He's not a big finisher, you know, and, yeah. and like I said, even I said his kicks had extra pop, but I feel like all everything he was landing, yeah. I mean, some of those jabs he was landing on Ty just had like some snap to him even, and Ty's got a stupid chin, right? right. I mean, it's oh just, my gosh. I mean, it, it, he's not an easy guy to put out. You to do like a ways. standing hammer fist to get him on the ground yeah. just to get the finish. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I just, different. I just want to appreciate and just, I, I just don't think that can be understated of how good surreal mm -hmm. gone is at mixed martial yeah. arts real quick because I, I forgot how how big gone's reach is mm -hmm. and i know we're getting ahead with my question here but um what's john jones's reach i think it's 82 80 or 83 no it's like 84 and a half oh, okay. i know it's a little longer but gone's was 81 yeah right, so that's really yeah. close man just well, a gone gone jones matchup is just so tasty uh, oh dude i i have it written down in my notes that I wanted to bring this up is I think Surreal Gone versus John Jones would just be so fun as a fan to watch. Um, and and you could say John Jones against any heavyweight at this point is obviously mm -hmm. fascinating because we just want to see John Jones compete at heavyweight. But something about the stylistic chess match between him and Surreal would just be so interesting for me as a fan to see. You take out the titles, you take out the rankings, all of that out of the picture. That's the matchup yeah, I want to see skill. more than any fight at heavyweight. Let's get back. Let's you know you just getting to just the mixed martial arts where all this started. Right, you mm -hmm. peel everything back. Nothing matters. You just want to see the best two guys 
I just can't help but feel like Surreal God and John Jones yeah. gets me hype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and so does Francis. You could throw Francis in there. You know, right. I mean, there, we can get to some more people. We There's a lot of good heavyweights right Aspinall. now. Yeah, but it's just like this: the matchup of those two, come on. Yeah. Come on. And I think what was interesting, too, is when you think about the Francis fight compared to this two of Asa fight, is Francis did... You know, Cyril didn't have the same output against Francis as he did mm-hmm. Ty, but Ty's also shorter, mm-hmm. harder to get into the reach. He kind of had to duck under, eat some shots to get there. Francis being bigger can kind of wing bigger things. So I'll be interesting to see if Cyril can keep up this pace and this level against guys that do have the same height or reach or something that can make that a little bit harder. Well, I think he definitely needs to because yeah. I think one of the, if I remember back watching his fight with Ngon and one of the things we were talking about was it just didn't quite seem like he was able to let go quite yeah. as much as what mm-hmm. we had seen historically but i feel like you know if he does man yeah gun is bigger for sure it'll be more more difficult to get in but i think he can land on anybody yeah. man he just needs to trust and, and confidence is a big thing yeah I mean, yeah he just got a bunch of it and to me sitting here today whether it's an interim title shot or it's francis Ninganu, i feel like surreal gone has earned the right to be one half of whatever is next for the heavyweight title um you know you guys can kind of tell me your thoughts on that obviously jones stipe still kind of sitting there i know a lot of people um you know, think that they can deserve a shot as well. But Mm -hmm. the activity, what we just saw last night, I mean, you you just add to the drama of it, right? That he got rocked and got back up. I mean, I mean, there's just so many layers to that where we haven't seen Stipe since he got knocked out by Francis. We haven't seen John Jones in like two and a half years now. So it's like never at heavyweight and never at heavyweight. So it's just like whatever they decide to do next, because, you know, you still got Francis sitting there talking about boxing. You know, and his mm-hmm. contract's up at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I think he said in an interview that he's hoping to come back early 2023, like yeah, next he said year. he's out of shape and he needs... Needs some time, but he also is like, but boxing, you know. So, right. and, and if his contract is up, as we all understand it to be at the beginning of the year, he can go do that, and there's nothing the UFC can do. So, we don't really know what's next, but I just think Surreal Gone has to be one half of the piece of right. whatever that they're going to do with that title. I say, yeah, I say winner. I, to be honest, I just really don't care to see Stipe and Jones to be, I just want to see Jones and John, sure. man. So to be, to be honest, like I'd, what I'd prefer is Jones gone for interim or if whatever happens with Ngannou, yeah. he, whether he vacates, or I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but I, whatever gets John, John in, in surreal, that's yeah. what I want. Yeah, well, and you also have Curtis Blades sitting there coming off of a couple wins as well, whereas John Jones has never fought at heavyweight. So he would have something to say, per se. But obviously, Dana has the power to kind of veto certain situations when it comes to title fights. Yeah, or his last win was a little funky, though. No, yeah. for sure. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, for somebody. Andy lost before that. For mm-hmm. somebody to have never. Uh, no, he won before that. He got the knockout over Doc. Oh, oh right. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, your favorite fight. Right. <laughs> But you would it, it is very interesting <laughs> because you do have like three or four weird situations sure. where you have Stipe, who was the former champion and didn't get the run back. Then you have John Jones, who's never fought at heavyweight. Yeah. Surreal, obviously, coming off of a loss and now winning again. Well, but here's what factors to me into all this is, for me, Tai Tuavasa goes nowhere. He doesn't drop. I no. mean, I think he sticks right where he's at. He looked competitive in this fight. The bot, the body kicks ultimately, I think, were just too much. Which credit to Gone, obviously. Mm-hmm. But 
Ty belongs at the top of this division. Yeah. And with guys like Blades, Stipe, Him Jones, Blades would be a good Pavlovich, one. Aspinall when he comes back, there is huge fights for yeah. Ty at the top of this division. He ain't going nowhere. It's exciting time for the heavyweight division. It's a great for time sure. for the heavy. There's like six, seven guys it's right now. It's been a while. Yeah, and it's fun, man. And they're mm-hmm. all fun fighters in their own right. I mean, right. you know, everybody's a little different, brings their own thing to it. And, and it's just a good time for this division. And, I mean, like I said, I know it, it was maybe – not the most clean performance for Ty, but he got a knockdown. Like I said, it looked good. He sticks right where he's at, right, right. about where he's at. And and you could give him any of those guys I just said. Right. Even if the, you know if he drops a little. I mean, you're not one to see Ty and Pavlovich just throw right. throw bombs at each other or yeah. you know see him try to figure out the Curtis Blade stuff. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just I think both of these guys come out looking really good. Obviously, surreal better. But. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're Dana. Gone just gave you money signs in your eyeballs for how good the Paris card went as far as, you know, they received it really well. You know, he's very marketable in that European market. And you've seen London and Paris now both do really good. Right. And it kind of gives you some leverage against Francis where it's like, well, we got this guy right here who's, you know, exciting in a real fresh market. So, dude, you do, you do, you know, Gone and Ganyu in France. I mean, holy cow, man. Yeah. I mean, it'd just be nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but you could do anybody. Like I said, right. I just, it is fun, but I just, to me, moral of the story from last night is I just feel like Gon has earned the right to do whatever they want to do next with that title. Right. And even if it's a rematch with Francis, like he elevated, I'm with it. Um, so boys though, our co-main event, Robert Whitaker defeating Marvin Vittori via unanimous decision. Uh, Boys, Robert Whitaker is so damn good mm. at mixed martial arts. Like, the first round was competitive, kind of a bit close, I would say. Mm-hmm. But Whitaker came out in that second round and showed the gap between himself and the rest of this division, period. Right. Um, just a beautiful performance for him over those next two rounds, rounds two and three. Defensively, looked flawless. You know, he's one of those guys you hear him talk about. He's either all the way in or all the way out. Rarely mm-hmm. is he ever caught in the middle. Um, you know, his right hand looked dangerous. He was firing that thing. And, you know, I'll tell you what. Like, last week, I was a bit critical on seeing him and Izzy for a third time in that in that fight happening again. Like, I was like, what does the winner get? Should Izzy beat Alex Pajeda? I'm in. Like with Robert Whitaker three, I think he continues to look better. He shows me that, you know, he may be closing that gap a little bit with Izzy. We saw it in the last fight. It was a more competitive fight. Um, But the only way to know is to see it. And I think he, from that performance last night, like, sign me up. Yeah. He did look good. It's just tough when you get to three. Like, it'd be different if it's one and one. That makes it tough. But oh and two is tough. But you do have like the Max Holloway but thing it's not and some like that other guys. Fight wasn't competitive. It there was, was a, people that thought he won the second. Fight. It was a close fight, you know. For sure, so it's. But and, and, what does and, that say to the division? Well, and uh, and even more so, I think you're underselling your boy because I also don't want to preface that this is like no disrespect to Izzy. Like right. you know, despite being critical of him at times, I actually think seeing Whitaker perform the way he did like that last night actually further shows how dominant and good Israel right. Adesanya is, and he deserves that credit because when you see what Whitaker is doing to, I mean, respectfully, probably the third best mm-hmm. middleweight in the division. I mean, geez, look, you know, they were talking about it last night. Look what you know Vittori did to Costa when they were Costa was like. 2.30, you know, right. maybe, and like, and then look at what Costa just looked like. You know, I mean, it's just, when you kind of look at it, it's like, 
Mm -hmm. It just you see that gap, but then you just see the gap then between Whitaker and Izzy. But I just feel like in that last fight, it was closed a little bit from that first right. fight. And I, and I feel like even if you want to look at Vittori, look at what Izzy's second fight with Vittori was like, and yeah. then look at this fight with Whitaker and Vittori. I just feel like Whitaker is able to continuously demonstrate a progression in his game, yes. constantly getting a little bit better. And even when we look at what the criticisms we've had towards Izzy lately has been just kind of like look at the fight with um, who did you just fight? Izzy. Cannoneer. Cannoneer. Um, it was yeah. just kind of, you know, he pulled out the win, sure. but it was seemed to be a fairly defensive affair, counter-heavy sure. affair. Um, Whitaker did not miss with that right hand, man. Oh. and he was hitting double. I mean, he was just all Dude, over the place. He got, yeah, he got a takedown when we all thought that Vittori would probably have the wrestling Vittori struggled there. early yeah, I mean. trying to get it. I, I, and I think, but that's why I didn't like this matchup in the sense of where it at, is in the division. Because yeah, Whitaker, I see what you're saying there you know, too. You're only two fights removed away from fighting the champion yeah. now, and then you don't. You know, obviously he has Pajeda next, and then for Vittori, it's like he was the number two guy. Sure. I'd rather seen like a one and five, one and six, and leave two for four or three to kind of keep those matchups. Because eventually, you know, you're gonna have guys fighting two or three times because there is a dis a gap between sure. Whitaker and everybody else, and we've also kind of seen there's a gap between Vittori and everybody else. Well, and that's what I said last week is like you know a win. I don't really know. You know, we'll have to see what happens. But like I was said last week, you definitely don't want to be the one that loses this fight, right? Yeah. And because now Vittori's in a really tough spot, man. Mm -hmm. um, but Whitaker talking this week too about moving up to two hundred five. I don't think I that see one seventy way more than I see. Dude, he looks smaller than Whitaker or mm -hmm. uh, Vittori. I mean, yeah. like he almost looked a weight class smaller than Marvin Vittori. And I'm just thinking, like, bro, you're gonna move <laughs> to two hundred five. Like, yeah, like, or dude, look that, at, I mean, Usman's talking about it too. Yeah, so. but look at Alex Pajeda, who's bigger than every light heavyweight <laughs> right. out there. Like, dude, you got guys in your own division that I don't even know how you're gonna match up with. <laughs> right. Like, like you said, I just still see seventy. But he said he felt like two hundred five was a more natural weight class, even more so than eighty five. So, you know, if 70's off the board just because he can't cut down to it, totally respect that. Don't kill yourself. But I think a weight class change in general, I'm not mad at it either way. I mean, I really? can see what you're saying about 205, because just the log jam, man. Like, it's going to be tough. Like, I don't see how he stacks is he, up. Is he moved up and, you know, he, he was unsuccessful, so he's probably going to stay where he's at. He's starting to lap. Now, the pair matchup is interesting. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, man, like, what do you, okay, let's say he beats Alex. Like, yeah, you've got Whitaker for the third time, yeah. but. I, go ahead. No, go but ahead. But if he wins, then what? We're going to do him and Izzy for the fourth time? Because he, yeah. Izzy's been running with the title for a minute. Right. I just feel like a weight class change for him. He's later in his career. It's fun. It's exciting. 205, he has to cut less weight. Not going up. They just can't. I don't think he can compete up there, though. I don't know. I but just, I don't, I don't What's he got see, to lose? I mean, he's. I think a lot because I think the third fight hasn't happened. And usually after three, that's when you start can can start kind of considering, I think, the mm -hmm. weight class. I think even if he has to fight one more time at 85, if he has to fight Apollo Costa or something like that, like just stick it out, get your third fight with Izzy, see what happens, you know, because to move right now to me, it just, I just think it'd be detrimental, man, because you're going to, I just, who does he. Well, it, well, here it is. It's also. It's all basically based on what happens with Izzy. Is, for sure, yeah. Because if, you know, if Izzy does lose, which, once again, like you said, he has had the belt for so long that you almost, he almost seems like in that Usman type of conversation where it's like yeah. maybe you get, he, I mean, he's lapped a division sure. a couple of times, so he deserves a rematch. Ha does if that Pajeda happen? If were to beat him, yeah. But if Pajeda wins and maybe Izzy can't fight immediately or whatever, now you literally have every single fresh matchup because Peta hasn't fought anybody in the top ten. Right, but that but that's the risk, and I'm saying that's yeah. why I said he'd probably be better served just if you know if he has to fight one more time because 
LX beats Izzy and then, you know, they have to rematch, fine, just wait it out. Because if you go up to 205 and you get smashed by Alexander Rakic or some, like, you know, kind of, or or Anthony Smith, like, it's going to be really tough to come back down and then, you know, people be like, you're the 85 contender. Because I just don't, it's a loss. I mean, it's a loss and then it just, I just don't think it'll look good. It's gonna be really tough, especially if if other people keep winning. If a call, and then in in between there, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And then in in between there, if Costa wins one or two more, like you're gonna get passed. As to where if you just stick here, Co- I thought Costa was supposed to be fighting two hundred five. No, he he has a better case for it. But I just think like look, think about like when Gaslam moved up, and like respect to him because he did win some big fights at eighty five. Fair, but it's just like I just feel like. Sometimes, but you could see the discrepancy when he moved Mm -hmm. up, right? Like, he looked too small for that division at times. And it's like, I just, and despite I say that, but, like, respect, because he gave Izzy probably one of his toughest toughest fights he's had So at at 85. So, yeah, so, like, respect to him there. But I just, I don't know, man. I just don't see him going up. I would love to see, like, a Whitaker and Covington at a 70 more than I'd like to see, you know, Jamal Hill and Whitaker at 205. For sure. I don't think that goes well for Whitaker. One more thing on the Gesslem thing. That was only a you know a fifteen pound jump though. You're talking this is a twenty pound jump as well mm-hmm. between eighty five and two hundred five. That's a big jump, man. Right, a big jump. And I think that's something he's really got to consider. And even somebody well. like Cannonier, who's came down from heavyweight, yeah, he could probably argue that oh man, probably two. I mean, he's so jacked. Two hundred five could probably yeah. be still a very easy possibility for him. Sure, but going down that strength translated a little bit better against you know smaller guys, and that might be something for Whitaker yeah. as well. But you know. Who knows how hard that weight cut is for somebody like him? Yeah, tough one though, man. For um, uh, Vittori. Vittori, I yeah. just don't know where a guy like that goes now. You know, he maybe consider can consider some moves. I, it's just gonna be really. He's gonna have to win. Like, yeah, he didn't look bad against the two hundred five Costa. I mean, yeah, <laughs> maybe he the goes up. That was a heavyweight yeah. Costa. <laughs> maybe he goes up. I don't know. Next fight, boys. Nazardini Mavov defeats Joaquin Buckley via unanimous decision. This fight as advertise we said it last week circle this fight find it don't miss it uh dominating first round for imavov picked buckley apart you know ended the round in mount had there had been about 20 or 30 more seconds there at the for in the first round i think he would have found a finish to be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. uh second round though better for buckley who you know showed incredible heart this whole entire fight refused to accept going backwards despite losing most of those exchanges you know he just kept firing back every time Amalvov moved him back with big shots he would come back with his own mm-hmm. you know um and then i actually gave buckley the third round man just like i said all, all heart there um Imavov, in my opinion, was kind of noticeably coasting. I think he kept looking up at the clock. Mm -hmm. He knew he had the fight in the bag, just kind of needed to get to the end of the third round. Um, He got caught a couple big times by Buckley there. But um, ultimately, though, in my opinion, I do think the grappling was from Imavov was the difference in this fight and kind of won it. He had to lean on it a couple times, especially in that third round where he maybe was in some trouble. Mm. But your mm-hmm. guys, your guys' thoughts though overall, because I think Nazardini Mavov is a, a really legit contender at 185 pounds. Yeah, I would love to see him get that like a nine or eight somebody yeah. who can really just see kind of where he's at. Because Buckley is very tough, and like you said, yeah. the way he fights is is I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep throwing. Yeah, man. He hits hard. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> Um, Nazardine did show that yeah. he, there's not a lot of guys in that middleweight and you know guys 
to their idea for what what it takes to be Izzy. It's, yeah. I have to be a grappler. Agree. And he's one of those guys. There's another guy further down the card who had a lot to say about how he could wrestle Izzy out in 10 seconds yeah. and beat him. But that's the type of skill set you're going to need to show because there is a lot of strikers up top, and maybe you do need that extra wrinkle. So sure. I do think Nazardine brings that to the middleweight division for sure. Yeah, Nazardine looked good, man. Buckley's a, a hard guy to look good against, um, mm-hmm. and he – did that you know like you said third round could tell kind of coast a little bit but yeah that's just buckley man i just feel like every time yeah. i watch him fight man it's hard not to root for him because he's just constantly yeah. doing everything to stay yeah. in it, no matter where he's, he's at just a so dude. Yeah. yeah um but it was a fun fight to watch good on nazardine to kind of display a full range of skills there and um yeah look forward to seeing him moving so, on up so as our residential daggy dad are you in on the french daggy nazardine Maval? <sighs> you know what um not yet. Not yet. I, I the wrestling looked good, but like you said, it wasn't like he went out there to show, like to wrestle Buckley just to show how good he was. When he was wrestling, to me, it was like a okay. I didn't like what just happened there. Let me mm-hmm. kind of take this down a little bit. Which to me, that's a different type of wrestling versus like a Colby or a Habib mm-hmm. or someone who's like, I'm just going to put you on the ground because I want to. Sure, if that makes sense. Boys, that is what I got from UFC Petty. Any other results that anybody? Nathaniel Wood. Out. Yeah, Nathaniel Wood over uh, Charles Air Jordan. Mm-hmm. Good win for him. Um, there, who who got that front kick, that 19-second front kick? It that was, was earlier. Did you guys um, see the TKO at the end of the third round for the fight after? Wasn't the fight after Buckley and Nazardine? Uh, no. I can't remember their names. The no, guys this was, the, long this was the first like top three fights. No, I'm thinking of another fight, though, that ended in the third round with that crazy combination. I, I must not have seen it. Mm-mm. Let me see what I'm looking at here. The, uh, but who, the 19 second, fr- the front kick, it was, I think his last that name was Magomed. Was his um, name? Yeah, Mag- Mag- I know what you're talking about. That yeah, was, yeah. Dude, he literally put his toe in that guy's mouth and knocked him out. Mm. <laughs> Did you see the still yeah. picture oh, yeah. and that dude's mm-hmm. whole, like, big toe is in his mouth? <laughs> He's the one who said that he could beat Izzy in one round because of his wrestling. Yeah. The Magomeds oh, no. have it, but they yeah, do. no overall great card for France or oh, for Paris. Yeah, just like I said, once again, shout out to the petty crowd because that was awesome. So all f- all five fighters representing Paris and yeah, winning, five and right? zero, all of them at five and zero. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. I think I saw one of the somebody tweeted that they put up Saint Saint Denis. I think he's like a fifty fiver. He's a French like fifty five or forty fiver. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest guy, you know, biggest name. They said he, when they put him up, the crowd went insane they were like you thought like a celebrity was or like some big name guy was here like they just went nuts the country for you man yeah. stand behind their guys and let me just say put brandon moreno on the screen i've said it before this guy always looks like he just got in a fight <laughs> like, does brandon moreno ever not have black eyes and cuts <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> like, i imagine like all the pictures of it with his kids uh, or like his wedding he's like this yeah he's got one eye open Boys, let's move it into UFC 279 this Saturday, September 10th, from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. But before we get to the main event, a little fun fact. This time, just about Nevada. Got I got to ease up about, on the Las Vegas. Yeah, they're in Vegas a lot. <laughs> we got to start moving into the desert a little bit. <laughs> Boys, from the early 1900s, Nevada was known as the place where unhappy couples could get a relatively quick divorce. Las Vegas then embraced the concept of an even quicker marriage with no blood test or waiting periods. The Strip's first wedding chapel, the Little Church of the West, opened in 1942. Mm. 
I should have looked up how many weddings they've done since. One of your sure. favorite years, isn't it? 42? Yeah. More of a 52 fan, but yeah, yeah. 42's all right. Big 52 guy. Yeah, big, big 52. 52. You big divorce guy, Brandon. Uh, not a big divorce, <laughs> but it is above um, 50% now in the U.S., so take that for what it's worth. 50-50, baby. We're defying odds, right? Me and you. Me and you? Yeah. I wonder how not like each other married, but like in our mm. own marriages. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was kind of confused. <laughs> I wonder what the success rate of Vegas uh, marriages are. That's a good question. That is good. That'll be the next one. Yeah, as quick as you Hang can tight. get them, I wonder how fast you can get them out. Next Vegas pay per view. That's going to be it. Boys, are we ready for this main event? Let's like I said, it. so much to talk about here. Um, but uh, well, you know, yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and do the preview. So whoever's previewing this fight, okay. go for it. Because like I said, I've got some some stuff to. to All right. So for this main event, obviously we have Nate Diaz and Hamzat. Five rounds. Nate Diaz, after a year of asking for an opponent for his last UFC fight on his contract, finally has his dancing partner after losing to current champ Leon Edwards by decision in last June. And what could be the last time we see Nate in the octagon, he gets one of the scariest prospects in the UFC ever, Hamza Chemaev, coming off of a crazy fight with title contender Gilbert Burns, looking to cement a big name on a resume after being rattling off 11 wins in a row. He's a minus 1,100 favorite in this. Um, it's billed, It's getting billed as feeding Nate to the wolves, pun intended. Um, but we can't forget that Diaz has played spoiler before when you talk yeah. about the McGregor fight. Um, and even the Leon fight to come back in the fifth round and wobble Leon in a fight that he was pretty much losing the whole time. Um, it's hard to say what it's hard to count Diaz out. You can never really fully count him out. But, you know, Hamza's probably a middleweight that's making his way into welterweight. Sure. And Diaz is a lightweight who just so happens to be fighting at welterweight, in my opinion. But Hamza's never been fi- more than never been five rounds, only been three rounds once, and we've seen him kind of fade a little bit in the Burns fight and be susceptible to getting hit, and we know when Diaz starts piling on hits, that's when guys start fading a little bit, so we do have an interesting fight on our hands. So before we get to our picks, like, let's just discuss that obvious here. This is Nate's last fight on his UFC contract. It seems like he has no intentions of resigning and really only took this fight to get out of his current contract with the organization. Mm -hmm. I think that seems fair. They've offered him more money, tried to extend him. He doesn't want it. From the UFC's side, then, it seems like because he's not willing to resign or play ball, whatever, that they're going to give him one of the toughest fights, like you said, they could find him, while also trying to give this young fighter the ability to make his name off the legend that is Nate Diaz before mm-hmm. he leaves. So, like, where I want to start is let's assume Nate pulls off this big upset this weekend. Do you guys think there is any way he resigns or resigns, I mean, with the UFC? Or do you think win, lose, draw, he is gone? No, I think win, especially win, I think he's gone. But I think win, lose, or draw, he's out. Like, that would, he already has his beef with the UFC. For him to take out their boy like that, like he's done before with Connor, and then be able to walk out on his terms like that, no, I think he's st- he'd be gone. I, I want to say that, but I also feel like if they do something slick, like say, hey, man, you want Leon in mm-hmm. London for the title or something. I don't think they do that. You, I'm, but I'm just saying, you never know. Uh, that's that, but I'm saying that's the, the instance where I think maybe you could talk Diaz into coming back for a chance to get the belt against somebody who he knows he can at least wobble, let alone stand through five rounds with. I don't think he cares about the belt. I don't either. And I no. guess, and I think this more comes down to money. Like I, so I guess that's like more like you don't, <clears throat> you guys don't think that there's a dollar amount that could bring back Nate and like, um, or do you just think maybe this has nothing to do with money? It's all personal. He just wants to move on. Um, because I'd also submit to you guys that I could also see a scenario where maybe Nate loses this fight, but it is absolute war and carnage over five rounds. And the UFC thinks, you know what? Like <laughs> the rematch or this is five rounds. It's a five yeah, round main event, you know? So 
I don't know. I just because we don't really know what where maybe Nate is. I just mm-hmm. it seems like to me money. I mean, well, I, it seems like they tried to offer him more money to extend his contract, and he didn't. But it want might not be what he it. sees his worth. Right. So whatever that number is, you know, I'm sure they know what he wants. Right. And it's like. If he were to win or if this fight in the UFC is like, dude, we need you here. Like, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm just like, do you guys just absolutely no way see, like, you think after Saturday night, he's gone. It's tough because you do have, like, the whole Jake Paul wanting to box him and him wanting to box Jake Paul or Logan Paul yeah. up there, which is another way to get money. Um, sure. Probably closer to what he more wants. Right. Um, oh, but, it's a big payday. Yeah. So, it. <sighs> It seems like Diaz likes to be the you can't buy me type of guy, though. Yeah. So, like I said, I think if you offer him something that he he wants that he's probably put onto them for the table, maybe the Francis Ngannou fight. We don't know. (laughs) Um, But I think it would take something very, very special to get him to keep working with them because he obviously doesn't like working with them. Yeah, because I just think, like, what if they're like, look, Nate, full transparency. This is what Connor makes. Like, you know, or he maybe knows that. This This is Connor's contract. We'll match it mm-hmm. or put you just under it. You know, like we feel like you're that big of a star. I don't, I just do not see that happening. Really? Not okay. at all. I don't know. And yeah. I, I don't know that I necessarily don't know that I think that either, that he would. It just, it, the more you hear about it, it just seems like it comes down to money. Well, and it's crazy that we're, I, we're talking about this as not, what you're saying as far as what they're offering and what they could offer him is not out of the realm of existence of right. like being real. But the guys, what, the guys, zero and two is last two fights. Yeah, but he doesn't. I mean, against two number, numbers don't lie though. Because no, for sure against Mazaval and then mm. Leon. But what I'm saying is, right. it's just kind of crazy that I mean, how many other guys could be zero and two in their last two? And we're like, maybe we give them the most money we give <laughs> maybe, anybody maybe we throw and a title shot. Bag, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, like, yeah, Connor. Yeah, it's just crazy. There's not. But those it, are probably the only two people. Well, you and whether do you that like for. it or not, it's just because some guys sell pay per views yeah. and they're good for business. needle movers. So. Yeah, but I think he Which knows, is, and he can go make that money anywhere else. I mean, how he's so sure. inactive as it is. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't think. Yeah. And that's what. And maybe this has nothing to do with money. Maybe he wants new challenges. Maybe he wants to be like this prize fighter that like I can go box Jake Paul and then next week I can go fight Bellator and then right. hey maybe next year I'm gonna bet on myself and go to the PFL and win a quick milli you know like on top of the you know milli or two that they're mm-hmm. gonna pay me just to fight for this like I don't know um, right. but I mean you're cemented in the UFC. I yeah, mean, all the stuff he's done. Sure, I mean he's he's a legacy fighter for them. So yeah, I mean maybe you look like I said maybe you look at try to go for a title, but I don't think he's a natural welterweight either. So and he's not even. See, I do. I I mm. I, I think I guess we'll see against Hamzat. Well, yeah, I mean he's not the most mm, natural welterweight case, either. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think I think Nate is a natural. I just don't think he's necessarily saw his best success at welterweight. But I think he's a better. I think he's suited for that division a little bit more. Um, but you know like. We will see. I mean, this is an interesting right. fight. So let's get to, if you guys don't have anything else on that, let's go ahead and get to our picks and predictions, starting with, oh, we didn't do our scores. Yeah. yeah. Update okay, scores. update us on our scores, little, Brandon. Little we, shift. You guys each um, got three I points. Got close with Ty. Yeah, you got close, but no If, if Ty would have got that finish, I call Ty second round TKO. Oh, man. Wow. Um, current scores, John, you have 56. Nate, you have 63. And I have 71. All righty. We're moving in. John, give us your picks and prediction for Nate Diaz versus Hamza Shimaev. I am, I mean, I, I'm low at this point, so I'm swinging at the moon. I'm going to go Nate Diaz. Oh, what? wow. Good. All right. I like it. Go for I'm it. I'm going to go Nate Diaz. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, third round sub. I don't know if, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like there's times to go for the moonshot. <laughs> no, but like, okay. I mean, but 
All right, so look, look, okay, let me, yeah, because I'm going to make a case for Nate here, actually. But, so, this, I mean, this fight is interesting. Um, you know, like you said, you know, we saw Hamzat not just drop several times with by Gilbert Burns, but he did struggle with cardio over just three rounds. This fight is five rounds. Mm-hmm. We know Nate is a cardio machine, typically gets better as the fight goes on. Also cuts when he sneezes, so yeah, just y- saying. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be bloody. Um, you know, he has his famous Stockton boxing, like you mentioned, which is almost designed to overwhelm guys, kind of tire them out. Um don't need to mention how good his jujitsu is, specifically speaking off of his back. If he gets a triangle or gets to Hamzat's back at any point in this fight, it's over. I mean, mm-hmm. I still think Nate Diaz's jujitsu and and ex- specifically this back stuff and, and triangles, they're still that good. Nate, we know you're picking Hamzat. We're going to get to it. I got a lot to say. I told you I had a lot to say about this this fight. Um, he, like you mentioned, John, he's played spoiler with Connor before. He's beat the hype, hype guy that seems unbeatable. Um uh, so, so, like I said, I do see a pathway for Nate to win here. I honestly think, in my opinion, he needs to come out and just make this fight an absolute shit show. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to pull out every veteran trick in his book, try to get Hamzat emotional, and hope that he makes a mistake that then Nate can capitalize on. You know, think like Nick versus Silva, right? Laying down on the canvas, break dance, you know, flipping like just him off, flipping him away. off. Just, he just needs to make Spin this kicks. fight. Yeah, he just needs to go for it, man. Everything. But I am gonna go with the wolf Shimaev, like brandon predicted <laughs> uh what my reasoning ultimately comes down though is the exterior things going into this coming into this with nate i don't know how bad he really wants to beat hamzat or how bad he just wants out of his contract yeah. mm-hmm. um so you know you go watch Hamza, Hamzat, excuse me, and Gilbert fight, and even though Gilbert was tired, you know, he was getting hit with bombs, dropped himself, like a pit bull, that dude just kept coming back, but you know, Gilbert's in the prime of his career, he wanted to get back to a title shot, and that will to win carried him through those three rounds, and before people start crying, I am not saying by any means that I think Nate Diaz does not want to win this fight, I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to be the first guy to beat Hamzat and flip the UFC off on his way out, I'm sure he he would, lo- yeah, do that NWO with like PFL, like spell PFL in the sky. Yeah. Uh, but when this fight gets gritty, when it gets dirty, it's round four, and this guy's just being relentless with the pace and pressure. I just don't know if Nate will have the want and ultimately the ability to win this fight. I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I am going to go with the wolf, Hamzat Shimaev. I will say, I think for Hamzat, you got to get him out of there. Nate is so unpredictable in those late rounds. Um, so I'm going to go with the Wolf via second round submission. I think he, tubs him. I think he is going to become the second man to submit Nate Diaz in his MMA career. I, he just seems like that kind of guy that, like, I'm going to beat you at what everybody thinks you're better than me at. Mm. He didn't do it against Burns. I could just see him dropping Nate and then just jumping on his back. So... Um, my biggest concern with Nate is he's going to do something similar than what Nick did when he fought Robbie. I'm really concerned he's going to show up out of shape, miss weight even, or, or maybe try he to has, make he it hasn't a catch done weight. That though, has he? No, but just like you said, kind of the exterior stuff coming into this, I'm just really curious to see what Nate's condition is coming yeah. into this fight. I have no idea. He may show up the best Nate we've ever seen. Even if he does, I have a feeling it's going to be a bad, just bad, man. He, Nate Diaz was out-wrestled by... Um, Leon Edwards mm-hmm. in his last fight. Out grappled. So Usman. Out grappled. Yeah. By Leon Edwards. Hamzat 
is a better grappler than Leon Edwards. I mean, Leon looked really good, to be fair, though, against Kamaro. Like, That's let's what I'm be, saying. Like, he, like, let's be, Edwards out-wrestled He was the Usman first man early. to take Kamaro down. And, and took his back. And, his and control him. I still think Hamzat's better. No, I mean, so, you can, oh, I would agree. For sure. <laughs> I'm just so saying, that's like, what I'm saying. I agree. I'm just saying, let's not undersell Leon's grappler. Like, no, 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 no. Not underselling it. Yeah. Just, just making it known. Because, yeah, Diaz did not sure. have many moments on the ground that's there. Um, I'm going to take Hamzat by... Third round TKO. I'm gonna throw in a little special doctor stoppage. I have a feeling Nate's gonna get cut. It's gonna be a similar to the Mass at all thing, okay. um, where it gets ended. Just I just think nasty. he's gonna just, yeah. I just think it's gonna be bad. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I just think yeah. that uh, what I do think is interesting about Hamza is I think that being forced to strike with Gilbert Burns or just getting in a striking fight with Gilbert Burns, it felt like all he really had was the left hand or the right hand. Yeah. And he wasn't throwing a lot of combos or mixing things up as much. And Diaz does that so well. Dude, he definitely dropped Burns with a jab, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. That. But he does carry crazy power. But I, I, more specifically, I think where John's going, because I noticed this when I rewatched Burns Hamzat last night, is one thing I'm really wanting to see from Hamzat in this fight, because um, I think he's going to need it, man, to move up and face some of these higher level guys. He needs to start setting stuff up, man. Like I want to see him like using leg kicks. Move his he, head. he didn't, yeah, he didn't fire many leg kicks in that fight. But when he did, like one of them was so nasty, Gilbert. Like, yeah, that was and good. Diaz doesn't check those. No, but I, yeah, and I'm just saying, like, I just want to see a more complete mixed martial. Like, you know, he just comes in and level change. Like, set that takedown up. You know, use your like. I do want to see some stuff from from Hamzat now. I think we can start being a little critical on some of that stuff. Where you know, just the performance in itself. I want to see that he's evolving still as a mixed martial artist but it just you can't help it it's just just 25 minutes to freedom for nate you know like mm -hmm. it, it just just keeps playing in my head that you know and and john you know you said something and at risk of being called a plastic i'm i don't want to <laughs> claim that i thought this actually this has been playing in my head but when this fight got announced john you said something and it stuck with me and you kind of said it as a joke but you said what if they say fight and nate just reaches down and taps the mat <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't right. stop him. Yeah, no. You cannot stop him from doing that. Or you know, the most you call it a no contest, and he's still out of his contract. Like, like Nick just comes from the rafters and throws a towel in. Like you know, like I don't know. It just jumps in for a two on one. We just that would. Do you know how terrible that would be for the people who bought the pay per view? It would be horrible. Ooh. And and I so yeah, that's why you I, stick it to Dana, and, I, right? and I just feel like that's such a plastic take though. Right. Like as a fan, like I don't even want to start thinking that. I I do think Nate's going to show up to win this fight. Whether he's in the best version of himself, he's going to show up to fight. But. This this could be interesting, boys. This could be a wild fight. Like like I'm talking like everything around it could yeah. just be chaos. Like think the end of Connor Habib, right? right. Where it just falls apart. <laughs> right. Like I just don't know what's gonna happen post pre. Jake Shields fight, jumps fight. over the. I fence. don't know, man. Who knows? Mayhem Miller's out there. We don't know. This is going to <laughs> this is going to be interesting. This, like I said, I that's why I wanted to spend some time on this because this is an interesting one. So for the sake of that, Brandon, let's move to our co-main event. Tony Ferguson versus Lee Jilin Hong. All right, we have the number 14 welterweight, the leech, against the number 11 lightweight, Tony Ferguson. Um, Tony's making a return to welterweight where he has not fought since winning the uh, Ultimate Fighter back in 2011. He was the season 13 winner. Um, look out for an always exciting Tony to rebound after having four straight losses. Um, uh, in my notes, I have Ali. Lee recently won a performance <laughs> of the night with a TKO victory over Muslim Salikov. Salikov. Um, Lee is 2-2 two two in his last four, beating Muslim and Santiago Ponzinibbio while losing to 
Hamzat Chemaev, who was your main event, and also Neil Magny via decision. So two guys not to be too too upset about losing sure. to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this fight, man, because it's a lot of people are putting a lot of criticism mm-hmm. on the fight itself because Tony, as how he's looked as of, yeah. as of late, moving up to 170. He's fought there before, but it's been a minute, mm-hmm. and um, his his power does carry there. At least it did 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, he, he he had some success there, but. What are your guys' thoughts on this matchup? I think, yeah, I think that's a great, great question because I don't know. You know, I, I'll go ahead. I, I do have, I'll read it after you guys talk. I had a quote because um, Lee spoke to mm, this a I little bit that. and I wanted to talk about well, that. Well, so I watched today, you know, Uncle Chael, Uncle Chael Sonnen, he, you know, is very critical of this this matchmaking. And, and when I hear his reasoning, I'm like, I kind of get it. You know, like, what does either of these guys stand? You know, this to me, the more I'm thinking about it, it feels like a fight that was thrown on here because it was lacking a little bit and, you know, it needed some star power in a guy like Ferguson. But, you know, like Chael said, you know, I think he said it best. Like, okay, Tony wins. He keeps his career. Good for you. What does this win do for a guy like Lee Jilin-Ung beating Tony Ferguson who lost four in a row, has been getting knocked out? He's, you know the number 14 ranked guy. So it's like, and Tony's obviously unranked currently, you know, but even then for Tony, it's like, dude, you win. And it's like, what, you're going to go fight Neil Magny next or, you know, uh, Rachmanov, who's just ranked a little bit above that. Like, you know, Sean Brady, Sean Brady. I mean, there's just, I mean, like, what do you do, man? Like for Ferguson. So, I mean, I guess you get another fight, which is great, but yeah, man, it, it is a bit like just weird, but I want to know what the Le- leech said because I didn't see this. So this is what he said. So he says, for the people who say it like that, Tony Ferguson has four losses straight, never fought at welterweight. You forget who he is. Keep in mind, this is through a translator when I'm reading. Sure. It, so um, you forget who he is. He is Tony Ferguson. You forgot of all those people who face got cut by Tony Ferguson. Amazing fighters were choked mm-hmm. out by him. You should give credit to him. I believe if you fight against him, you'll know how hard it is to deal with a guy like El Kakui. You shouldn't forget those fighters like Tony, who is a pioneer in the sport. You should give him respect. Oh, yeah. You cannot see the very superficial things like the four losses straight, getting knocked out. He had 12 wins straight before this and fought a lot of hard opponents, so he cannot see things in that way. I agree with that, but you know, I feel like for us, every time we have been critical of Tony, we have followed it up with, but he's a legend and he's done some amazing things, but in terms of like right here, right now, I would just submit, we have to be, we have to meet him where he is. And this is where Tony is right now as a fighter going into this matchup and us trying to decide who we think might win. It's like, so even if you, but here's my thing is if you don't even want to see him against Leach, we'd think it's a bad matchup. What's left for him to do? Retire. Th- that's, I think that's kind of what Chael is saying. <laughs> like, all right. All right so do you feel like he needs to retire? Like, can you, I, would you say here today, I, you think Tony needs to retire? I mean, I don't want to make that determine. You know, like I, it just, I, I, it does seem a little weird to like, kind of say that as like, number one, a guy that doesn't fight, but two, like it does. I, I've just never, when we've said that in the past, like it just never sits well with me. Cause it's like, it is up to that guy. And it, to an extent, my personal opinion is probably, I mean, just you given his last couple of performances haven't looked great, but you know, here we are. We'll see how he looks at welterweight, I guess, you know? Well, in terms of people being critical, Number one is you. Facts don't care. You <laughs> spent a whole little segment going in on Tony right. Ferguson fighting at this. So I guess, what I'm going to say is it is interesting. Like I said, I, I thought Tony looked really good in the first round against Chandler. Obviously yeah. got faded in the second and got sent to the shadow realm. But it, what I thought was real interesting about this matchup is Tony having like a five or six inch reach advantage mm-hmm. over Lee. He does. He does. Uh, um, sometimes you just forget how. I mean, he's a big lightweight. Yeah. So, um, so it, it is interesting. He, does he have the skill set? A hundred percent. 
um, will his chin hold up or whatever yeah. else, or just his mind in general. Sure. That's where I think you start getting unsure because we have seen guys make resurgences after going on bad runs. Also, he's 38. I think I said 36 last time. 38. Right. So it, it is interesting. Um, I mean, if you're going to put him against somebody at 170, I guess Lee's the guy. Uh I mean, he's you know he's made a camp change, but it's like I just feel like we've been down this road though. He's done yeah. this before. I, that's why I didn't even want to talk about it. Yeah, he's just so all over the place with I his know. training. I don't even feel like it's worth mentioning that yeah. he's changed because yeah. that was the whole build up to Chandler. Right? He's doing things different. He's going back to his like he's doing all these different right. things. And just, but it was the same Tony. I mean, yeah. it's, he kept his Not guard much. where he does. He threw his kicks like normal. I mean, he looked good. He's um, tough. I mean, he didn't look he's bad. Tough. Yeah. He's a good fighter. But yeah, the chin goes. It's just the health it's bar, tough. man. Yeah. Well, and I think. Even if he wins this, when we talk about this next week, we're still in the same spot of, well, what do we do? Like, what is, yeah. what's the best case scenario We'll for just have him? to see how he looks, you know, Maybe and then assess Nick Diaz. I would like to see him in Kiesa. I feel like that's a pretty interesting matchup. I, don't know. <laughs> I do feel like that's very interesting. I mean, I don't know. Maybe grappling. Uh, John, what is your pick for this fight? I am going to go with my boy Lee Zhang as I like to call him. <laughs> Um, I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be hard to get Tony out in three rounds. I know you called him Jang Ling. Can you just say his name real though? Ji Li Long, Ji Li Li Long, something like that. Jang Ling. Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, you know. Just want the people to know you're not just saying Jang Ling. No, I just because you can say his right. Name. I just like calling him that. Uh, based on the movie Life, I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, Bernie Mac. Jangling. Uh, uh, I'm I'm taking the leech here. I, I'm gonna say unanimous decision. I think Tony is gonna be tough. Um, I think he's gonna. You're gonna see him wrestle some. Um, I think he's going to use that reach, but I do think ultimately it's going to be hard for him to move through Lee. Yeah, I mean, everything that we've just talked about with Tony, you know, four-fight losing streak, two of those losses being knockouts, the other two were just kind of beatings, especially think about like that Oliveira fight. Um, that most recent knockout against Chandler was tough to watch almost, and it was only four months ago. He's mm -hmm. 38, like you said. You know, it just doesn't matter – you know, who you are, how tough you are. Like Brandon said, when you hit that age or your chin goes, everybody's, your body changes, man, when you're mm -hmm. old. Like, right, you know, I'm I'm 32 and I feel it. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I did when I was 29 even. You <laughs> know what I mean? Man, my knees fat. Good Lord. I, dude, I can't even sleep on my right hip. I mean, <laughs> that's how bad it is right now. And you um, haven't been in wars. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, <laughs> and I stretch. Like, <laughs> if any, I'm limber. Any physical therapist out there, please message me. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, he's fighting a guy in the leech who his last four wins have been by knockout. I think, like, five of his last six have been knockouts. Um, I don't think size is, like you had kind of mentioned, is going to be a huge disadvantage for Tony. Uh, he does have longer reach. Um, and he has experience at 170. You know, he did that. There was a time where he did look like a, a really good welterweight. Um, I just ultimately think Lee is just, like I said, right here today right now is a better fighter, um, especially with how well-rounded his last performance against Salikov looked. Interesting, Salikov and Tony, same age, you know. So I'm mm. um, not really saying that means much, but he is coming off another performance. For, uh, just fought a veteran or a guy mm -hmm. that you know and especially in Salikov who is on the up or was up until that point right on right. a nice win streak you know as opposed to a guy like Tony who's coming in kind of on the opposite end of that mm -hmm. so and, and that's what's just so weird what Chael was saying like how are you giving Lee a guy on a four fight win streak and he just beat a guy that was on four like a or four fight yeah. losing streak mm -hmm. he just beat a guy that everybody thought was gonna be a contender because he was on like a five fight win streak like what anyway and it was a 175 right. or 170 pounder like it's just weird man but yeah I'm gonna go with the leech um honestly think he finishes I think just like the last one second round TKO yeah I agree um I I do think the the weight class change is gonna be 
problematic for Tony. I think even though he's fought there, it's been 11 years, and he's a big lightweight, like you said, so he may have even felt some um, some strength advantage when he was down at 55, and when he's at 70 trying to hold these guys down or pull them into his guard, I just think it's going to be a different story. Um, so I'm going to take the leech. You said second round. Tony's tough with that chin, man. I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with first round KO. Sure, for the leech. I, I could see it, and like, and like I said, here's the thing: Tony's gonna go out and like now starch him in like the first round, and we're Darce. gonna look like yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna look like big idiots. But you just have to go off of what we've seen recently, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm doing. Boys, also on this card: Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez at a catch weight of 180 pounds. We were just talking before we hit record. Don't understand the catch weight aspect of this here. I, I haven't seen why. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really liking the Kevin Holland at 170, man. Yeah. I still think he is that is his division. Um, so we'll see here against D Rod. D- Daniel Rodriguez is legit mm-hmm. as they come. 16 and 2, man. Really interested to see this fight. Johnny Walker versus Eon Kuntalabe and Macy Chasson versus who, Brandon? Irene Aldana. Yeah. That's right, ladies. He didn't that's right, it. ladies. Didn't even look at it. I love it. I love it. That's UFC 279. John, let's get into the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give, give you, you a bruise. bruise. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's uh start things off with some unfortunate um, news about the middleweight division. Sean Strickland versus Jared Cannonier being called off oh, due to finger. a finger injury from Sean Strickland. Uh, he basically said he was sparring and he punched a guy and his a tooth cut his finger. And at first he was just like, "Oh, this isn't bad." Then the next day it just got way, way worse. Had to go into surgery to like treat the infection or something. Dude, how that happens with gloves on though? Uh, just Probably the, MMA the finger, gloves. Yeah. yeah, but they still go down pretty far. That was like yeah. it was the numbers. I mean, would it surprise you if he's just sparring guys without gloves? That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Like I feel like he was bare oh, knuckle dude, sparring. They just look like somebody cheese grated his finger. Yeah, it was it was very tough. Real quick, and I hope I'm not kind of bearing anything that you had on Sean Strickland before you move on. Did you guys see the Sean Strickland Hamzat Shumayev sparring videos? Uh, I didn't watch them. So, I saw the little clip. So ha- I've seen the clip after. So Yeah, well, they didn't spar, but Hamza and Darren Till came and trained with uh, Sean Strickland. And, like, the video, if you haven't seen it, you got to go watch it, is, like, Strickland basically pleading with Hamza to, like, chill out. <laughs> like, yeah. He's yeah, like, you spar. He's like, you're going against this guy. He's, like, 1-0. Like, you're you're better than these guys. Just stop. And then he, like, pulls Darren Till aside, and he's like, he's got to chill out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I saw an interview with Hamzat with the the schmo, I think this week, and he was kind of like, he's like, I love, like, he's like, I like Hamzat, he's a good guy, but he was just going a little too hard. He was like, but he was awesome, like he chilled out right after that, like everything was cool. But it's just, it's funny, like when a guy like Sean Strickland's being the same one, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, hey man, you're going too far, and it just, just kind of goes the, to show where Hamzat's exactly, at, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, not uh, that was, um, but yeah, that fight being out, I, they haven't announced anybody different for Jared. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who you put there. Real uh, quick, especially because we've seen Sean Strickland sparring, and he's like, "Come on, right, fighting five fight people man. at once!" And come on, like, and you hear people talk about how he just dogs his training partner. Uh, so Hamza, Hamza must have like yeah. slept a, a like a amateur or something in front of everybody. Uh, um, so. Fight announcements. Um, Got to always shout out the 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 Indiana Legends, Darren Elkins against Jonathan the Pierce, damage. being added to UFC Orlando in December. Uh, this was a really good one. I'm excited for Billy Q. Billy wow. Quarantillo. Yep. Um, against Alexander Hernandez. I think it's Quarantillo. Quarantillo. Quarant- I like quarantine. I like quarantine too. <laughs> uh, Alexander Hernandez at UFC 282 in December. John, are you having some quarantine PTSD over there? <laughs> uh, that's going to be the rest of my life, dude. Um, also, Alexio Linick and Alir Latifi being yeah. added to Fight Night in October. 
Um, those are the big fight announcements for those. Moving into other big fighting announcements, though, um, we have a big card, a couple of Bellator big cards coming up, one of which is going to be headlined by Rafion Stotts and Danny Sabatello, which yeah. I don't know if you guys seen that on the Hawani show. Oh, that was totally fake. A hundred percent, but it was, it was hilarious. Hawani was holding them back. It was, yeah, yeah. like, what? come on. <laughs> guys, and, and, guys. He, and he got there way too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is for the interim Bantamweight Championship. Also on that card, the Bantamweight Grand Prix f- uh, semifinal, Magomed, Magomedov, and Patchy Mix. Yeah, that's um, um, a huge yeah. fight. That's going to be yeah. uh, December 9th. November 18th, they will be in Chicago. Headline by Vadim Nimkov and Corey Anderson to um, huge guys, fight for quick, the championship. Did you guys see Luke Thomas shared a picture of Corey Anderson's finger? Oh, dude, it's like it like looks, he had a cue ball. In it's his like hand. massive, and he said it happened after I can't remember which fight, but he's had it for like years, and they're just like it just, just is what yeah, it is. Just life for him. Like, a, like I don't know how he gets sanctioned to fight. Like a tissue, like tissue, or no, like the knuckle, like his finger broke I, or I something. Saw, um, I saw that. That doctor that I edited videos for for a while, he tweeted and basically said that it's a tendon. Um, mm. That's like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good, good one. <laughs> good description. Also on that card, Patricky Pitbull going against Usman Nurmagomedov. I'm an MD. Um, that's a huge fight, obviously for Usman. And then obviously our boy Sean's getting a fight on there. So yeah. If you're in that Chicago area, definitely show up up there. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Um, another fight announcement. We kind of talked about it before, uh, but we didn't really f- officially announce it. Vitor Belfort and Hasim Rahman Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that would look. Explaining I mean, real quick who Hasim is is the former uh, supposed to be opponent for Jake Paul yeah. dropped out because of the weight situation. Big, yeah. Then Vitor coming off a hard to watch fight against Orvander Holyfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this seems a little bit more on par. I mean, if. If Raman can do something good against Vitor, maybe you still set up the Paul fight later. Sure. I what don't if know. Vitor does something good against him? Did Vitor I mean, and Paul? I don't think it's. I mean, yeah, it's it's there. It gets interesting. Um, also, wanted to bring up Alexander Volkanovsky cleared to return to um, full contact sparring after eight weeks after his operation. He still is looking to be the replacement for two eighty for the Islam and Charles Oliveira. If somebody gets hurt. He wants to be the replacement. Whoa. I love it. That'd be fun. Um, that would be fun. Seems interesting. To, I, I don't know if I'd want to do that right off of a surgery, but... Gives I mean, you a free shot. Yeah. See how you'd really do. Um, little interesting quote here, I thought, which, I mean, we've kind of been hearing them lately from people, but uh, Justin Gaethje basically saying that there's um, zero, 100% confident that Islam will not dominate Charles Oliveira. Um, I think after some of these comments have came out from Islam and obviously his management and stuff like that, you've had seen some people speak out and obviously Gaethje is somebody who can attest to what Charles has done to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of just funny how you're kind of seeing people kind of slowly start getting behind Charles after Islam's gotten a lot of the hype. Sure. Um, also we have, um, Quentin Rampage Jackson saying, I'm not done. I'm not happy with my performance in my last fight. I can't leave MMA fans like that. I'm going to leave this sport a little better. Uh, I think his last fight was the was it Fedor, I believe. I don't even know. It didn't look good. We could have done without the Rampage news today. I mean, Rampage is, is a legend, man. <laughs> um, I do want to know what you guys think about Chael saying that Leon won by cheating. Uh, he, said, <laughs> he said that he grabbed the cage multiple times and didn't get called. I remember when we watched it, I felt like Usman grabbed the I cage two or three did. times. Yeah, I saw, um, who was the ref? Herb? Or, yeah, I think Herbert Goddard, whoever it was, they they kind of commented on it. I didn't, I didn't see their comments on it, but... Whatever, dude. No, he just wants clicks. Right. Well, and what's interesting about it is Chell's basically, when on the second Anderson fight, he was like, you know, he grabbed the cage, I grabbed his shorts, dude, that's what you do I, in I, fights. Okay, and okay, 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 hold on. So, and, and this is just my opinion on that, just thinking about it real quick. If 
Okay, so you're saying that him Leon grabbing the fence prevented Usman from taking him down. From finishing the fight, he said. Well, taking him down. Because you can't finish the fight from taking somebody down. I guess you could slam him and knock him out. But from taking him down. How many times was Usman on top of Leon and did absolutely nothing jujitsu-wise to finish that fight? Right. So I'm not saying that couldn't have been the time, but it's not like we saw evidence where, like, when Usman was on top of Leon, he was dangerous or he was right. looking. He could have finished the fight like real easy. So that's absurd to me. Then to mention that that kick, there's no cheating. Like that, that, <laughs> right. that kick was just gonna. Ha- I mean, I don't know. That just it just. Danny just so called weird. it silly and ridiculous. Yeah, sure. yeah that's fair. So uh, last bit of news I have is probably the best. Uh, or most interesting post-fight celebration I've ever seen via bare knuckle. <laughs> Tia Emery. Dude. Um, knocks a girl out. You didn't see this? No. Oh knocks a girl God. out. You guys can look it up. It's probably still out there. Knocks oh, a girl out. it's everywhere. Runs up the cage or runs up the ropes and proceeds to flash the audience. Mind you, she does have an OnlyFans. So it's the best OnlyFans promo Good ever. promo. Yeah. But uh, Nathan is into the group and our boy Chris Lytle is the one who's doing the commentary. And he just, oh, oh. oh. Hey, that's interesting. All right. We've got a winner here. <laughs> I mean, what do you even say? Just, that? just try to be smooth, I guess. I yeah, don't know. that's the last bit I got for you guys. Right what? There. Yeah, our boy Anderson Silva. They haven't fully announced that yet. That's still a big topic. I mean, that's bigger than Rampage but Jackson saying he's not done fighting. But they haven't announced. I mean, they've done these. I'll p- take it from here, John. All right. Jake well, when they Paul, don't announce it, then I apologize mean, to our it, fans. That's, here's the thing: it's coming from very credible news sources that Jake Paul and Anderson Silva is close to being signed, done deal. He's also said he wants to fight KSI. Well, here's the thing, you know, I was, and I, the reason I wanted to mention is because at first I was kind of poo-pooing it when I heard about it, like, oh, of course he wants to fight it, this fits his MO, old, retired MMA fighter, but the more I was thinking about it, I actually kind of respect it, and Anderson Silva would be Jake's Paul, Jake Paul's toughest fight mm-hmm. yet, um, even at 47 years old, he'd be the biggest opponent in terms of size, you know, reach that uh, Jake's ever faced, he's the best pure boxer that Jake's have, has ever faced, he's also fought and beat some very legit boxers, and if this this fight happens and Jake Paul were to beat Silva, it'd be the biggest win of Jake Paul's boxing career sure. to date. And I think it would really translate with more of your boxing purists as far as taking him serious in the sport. Mm-hmm. Scale of 1 to 10, how sad would you be if he beat Anderson Silva, John? I wouldn't be sad. Anderson Silva's still a legend. Mm. I would be. I mean, because I, I just think he's a legit boxer. I mean, I, I, at least in terms of like where Jake... I think it's a very good competitive fight. Like, yeah. you factor I just want to see it. I just, I just don't know if it happens. Because I, I feel like Anderson has been rumored three or four times against these guys. I don't think and it's it never ever been fleshes like out. Super rumored with Jake though, and like for for some of these news sources that I've seen coming out with it, I think it's very legit. I just need to see the tweet with the flyer, and then I'll be it's more excited. Soon. Still bigger news than Rampage saying is not done. Sorry, Rampage. That, I didn't say that. So when we interview you sometime, that's the guy who said it. I'm just glad we didn't get any Chris Dawkins news today. Oh, by the way, Chris <laughs> Chris Dawkins, he's on Xbox now. He's, he's Twitch streaming. Oh, really? No, I just made that up. <laughs> I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't need me either. Uh, don't change, John. Never. Song of the week, our boy. Going back to you, John. What you got? I'm going to go with uh, Watch the Throne, based off of our, uh, yeah. our last card, Kanye and Jay-Z in Paris. I love it. Oh, I thought you were going to go House of Dragon, but okay. No, not for Song of the Week. No, I thought your tie-in was going to be House, oh, of the, no. House of Dragon, Game of Thrones. No. Okay. Uh, I see, I see. Brandon, what's your one for the people? My one for the people is actually one for Nate and John. All right. Um, listen to the pod over the over the weekend. Yes. Right, the ones you guys did without me. I just, I just want to say I forgive you guys. One day, you know, one day you'll understand what, it, what it's like to have a kid in a job that kind of requires you to critically think, you know. I know you guys push mm-hmm. your buttons and you watch stuff, and mm-hmm. um, but... One day, 
<laughs> one day he'll understand what it's like to do all that and then try to, you know, stay up on, on the pod stuff, the MMA mm. stuff. And when you get there and when you start to struggle, I just want to say I'll be there and I'll say it's okay because I understand. I feel like we were incredibly gracious. Yeah. I feel like we, we were nice. We didn't come at you hard. We had to give a little subtle jab, but I felt like we were like, he's a dad. We've done like three things this weekend. I yeah. think we were fair. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I forgive you. Yeah. I, I think mean, hopefully, were, hopefully I'm not doing like a real physical job by then, so then I can have a little bit more. Yeah. Hopefully you can sleep on your right hip by then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm only... I feel like we were nice. I, I mean, I'll take it, but I feel like we, we explained everything perfectly. And we didn't even yeah. give you that bad of picks. No. <laughs> okay. For for I the mean sure you came out with first no round sub for I got one point. Thank oh for you. surreal. Did we give you surreal? No yeah, you did because you were afraid that yeah, maybe he was that's right. <laughs> I mean, oh. dude Marvin Vittori flying triangle first round. I thought it was on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean anything can happen. John, yeah. what's your one for the people? My one for the people is for Brandon actually. Oh yeah. Oh, it's about throwing oh axes. John's, and sometimes oh, when gosh. you get official John brought an axe. You get an official league axe given <laughs> oh, to you for how good you do. Senior, does that say senior citizen league? No. That's what oh, it looks my like. Gosh. This is what happens when you show up, they give you the league certified axe. John pulling out an axe from behind. So him. when are we go an axe throwing, guys? Whenever. Yeah, I'm we, got the, we got a venue right next to my house, so... I mean, we also need to start... I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we... Uh, I mean, I've got a tree in my backyard, and John's holding an axe, yeah. so... I'm not afraid. I mean, we did tease doing an axe league a long time ago about jerseys, and you weren't really <laughs> Yeah, you it. were the one that was like, oh, God, I got a kid, I got a kid, Never done a it. job. Never done it. So not my one's it. for the people is go axe throwing. It's real fun. All righty. My one for the people, I'll just go ahead and say it then, House of Dragons, let's... Go. Yeah, I'm excited. That second episode, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I really feel bad that you just won't refuse to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to read research papers instead of watching. <laughs> Again, House some of, of us have to actually yeah. stay up to date. Yeah, but on you, sometimes I bet you read stuff has nothing to do with your job though, just because you like it. No. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I would if I could, to be fair, but I don't. Brand's I can't. Like, Sorry, I'm a dad and work 40 hours and have to go home and be on my typewriter all night. Typewriter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got to ride a bike to produce energy for my house. Meanwhile, (laughs) Nate can't sleep on his right hip. That is true. Job where he pushes three buttons for eight hours. Oh God, I I honestly wish it was that. Yeah, that would be. I really wish it was that. I do. Yeah, it's not. I push five. (laughs) Dang, forgot they upped you after a few years. Yeah, yeah, they upped me. And I'm on second shift. Be nice to me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Boys, that's it. I cannot wait for this Saturday. UFC 279. And guess what? We're going to be back next yeah. Monday to talk about it. It's going to be fun. Brandon might not be. I'll be here. We don't know. I actually, I actually might I, not be here. Yeah. Well, it's not even, I'm not, I didn't even go there. I was trying to be. Uh, nice. Hey, I have a job, Brandon. See you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs>